Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Categorically Romance podcast. My name is Sarah. And I'm Bree. And joining us today, we have special guest, author Donna Alward. Thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Excited to be here. We're so happy you're here. Share with us how 2022 has started for you. Quiet. I guess I I had my kids home for the holidays, which was nice because I didn't see them at all last year. Oh, wow. And uh, but then they left. Everyone was gone by January 2nd. So I've just been kind of hunkered down. We've had a lot of like nasty weather. So and my husband works from home. So we've and with Omicron. So we've just been kind of hunkered down. I've been working and doing my thing. So let's get started with some icebreakers. If you came with a warning label, what would it say? Sarcasm is closer than it may appear. Or please have enough wine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One or the other. No, I used to have a manager who had a sign up at her desk that said, sarcasm is just another service I offer. <laughs> no, it's that was great. It's like a bonus. Yeah, absolutely. What was your first job? Okay, so funny story. So I have a degree in English. <laughs> and my first job was actually um, receiver of revenue for the province of New Brunswick. So for the provincial government, mm-hmm. which meant I did accounting all day. And I'm allergic <laughs> to math. <laughs> So, and, and when I say I did accounting, like every day I had to balance to the penny. And generally I was putting through over $200 million worth of. I wish listeners could see our face. <laughs> right? Okay. How did an English major end up doing accounting? Right. So I did, well, after I did my degree, I did like four months of, okay, this was like also 1994. So um, I did like four months of computer training because you didn't, we didn't have computers in schools, you know, way back then. Mm-hmm. So I did that. And then I was just working admin as a, like a work placement kind of thing for a couple of weeks in the same department where my sister worked and someone had an accident and was going to be out for, they said four months and they needed someone to fill in for, you know, four months. And it turned out to be nine, um, which, you know, it's sad that I got a job based on someone being so badly injured, but that was my first job. Wow. Um, Wow. And I worked for the Department of Finance for two years until I moved. <laughs> um, you decide you want takeout for dinner tonight. Where do you order from and what's your order? Oh, that's so easy. That's um, our local Chinese place. Lily makes everything from scratch. Oh, gosh. And we generally order, um, like even her plum sauce. And we generally order um, a dinner for three and then one extra dish that my husband loves. And then we eat it for three days. I love <laughs> That's it. That's perfect. That is how you do it. We very often because like Chinese food, but, oh. but uh, yeah, that's typically our New Year's Eve thing too. So what was one of the best purchases you've treated yourself to recently? My winter parka. Most <laughs> Canadian thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> I, bought, I bought a new winter parka um, on a Black Friday deal. And every time my husband and I go walking, I'm like, have I told you how much I love this parka? It's <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I love it. And I got a great deal on it. So that is awesome. My favorite new purchase. Happy Canadian winter. <laughs> right? <laughs> Well, we love to hear romance origin stories. So can you share with us how you became a romance reader? A romance reader. So I was 15. So maybe a late bloomer to romance. I always hear these stories of authors who's like, I snuck my grandmother's books when I was nine. And it's like, that wasn't me. I was still reading like Anna Green Gables and, and like Sweet Valley High and all this. And anyway, I was getting to the point where, you know, and think my mom got it for my dad, which is really funny because it had a pink cover but it was Laverle Spencer's vows. So it was a historical and it had a veterinarian and, and, you know, it was all is a Western. And, and so anyway, um, I loved it. And then I basically <laughs> went back and got everything that she'd written up to that point and read it. And then I read Judith McNaught for a while. And then I just, every time she had, Laverle had a book coming out, I bought it. And then I moved on to Nora Roberts and I glommed a whole bunch of that. And, and yeah. then it just sort of, yeah. she is such a big name I mean we we've heard her a couple of times but Mm -hmm. I think we both know like she's such a big name what was it about her books that teenage you felt so drawn to teenage me just loved I think the escapism and I loved her historicals more than her contemporaries because she did both 
I don't know. They're just like really emotional, but also very heartwarming. And I don't know. I was a farm girl, so I, I don't know what it is. I can tell you now that as I look back on those books as an author, she got away with some like seriously taboo stuff. Really? Like, you know how we, we kind of say it's all in the execution? Yeah. The first book she ever published basically had um, a married couple who he can't have children, but, um, and it's a historical, um, but he had the mumps when he was a kid. And so now he can't have children and, but he wants a child to pass the farm down to. So he basically suggests that his brother should step in and father. (laughs) Okay. Let's just bear in mind that, you know, it's the 1800s. Yeah. There's no clinic to go to to facilitate that. Yeah. Um, and, and, and they're both like really offended, but then it happens and they have to navigate that. So it's infidelity. Yes, it is. Heroes to other, <laughs> and yet it's fine. Like, because it's Laverle Spencer. Spencer. Yeah. <laughs> it's Spencer, right? Yeah. Like I, I just, it, there are so many things that she has done. Like, her final book. Okay, so that was her first book. Her final book. <laughs> the hero falls in love with a nun. Of a course. nun. <laughs> Forbidden okay. romance, Sarah. Right? Holy like, cow. But she can pull it off. I have yeah. so much respect for that. I was yeah. so sad when she retired. <laughs> the editor that let those books slide. Through, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good call. But, but you know, you know, someone says if you have to know the rules if you're gonna break them. I just feel like she just did she it in well. such a way that for sure. Like, wow. Anyway, yeah. she's my favorite of all time. Actually, we have a friend who's doing a, a retro romance readathon in February, and I'm participating. And one of the books I'm reading is a Laverle Spencer. It's her. It's the first book for the Temptation line, Spring Fancy. Oh, so yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> It'll be my first. <laughs> that was a, actually I really liked that book. I mean, of course, it was set in what the the eighties. Yeah, it's from the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, but it's it's a nice... It's going to be a fun rabbit hole, I think. I never thought yeah. I would have the urge to go to Minnesota, but like after reading a bunch of her books, because she sets almost all of them there, or, you know, maybe North Dakota, um, it's like, ooh, I want to go there. Yeah. <laughs> Wisconsin. It's not in the winter. Yeah, no. <laughs> From what we could see online, your first Harlequin romance, Hired by the Cowboy, released in 2007. What was your journey to becoming published like? Long. <laughs> That's the short answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, too long, didn't read. Yeah, long. Um, no, not as long as some. Um, it was five years and my 10th manuscript. That oh sold my gosh. So took a while. Took a while. Yeah. Well, thank you for um, sticking with it. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. When you're in the thick of that, when you're in those years and you're getting those no's, what drives you to keep trying? You have to love it for one thing. Like I think I still would have, even if they hadn't bought that one, I think I still would have been writing. Um and you you kind of have to be a, a bit stubborn and bullheaded. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you know, there were times like right before I sold, I was having a, a big blubby moment with my husband. I'm like, is this ever going to happen? I just, and like the next day I got, I got uh, an email with, you know, an offer. So um, you just never know when it's right around the corner. Um, and I think too, uh, like back then it was, uh, you had to, <laughs> again, I'm dating myself, <laughs> but eBooks were just starting. And okay. you, when you submitted, you still had to submit your partial and your query letter and, um, by mail and include an IRC, which is an international reply coupon <laughs> for return <laughs> postage and send it to the correct office. Okay, so I mean this, and I say like it was a long time ago, but this was I sold in two thousand six, so I was still doing that at that point. So it's mm-hmm. not like it was the eighties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was it was hard, but the one before I sold, I got a personal rejection back mm-hmm. where the editorial director had read it, which was surprising. It was Karen Stalker at the time um, in London, and she'd scribbled a handwritten sort of comment on it and it was really encouraging like even though and she pointed out something I'd done wrong but it was really encouraging and I thought if she's going to take the time to comment on that damn it 
I'm going to, like the next one's going to be it. And it was. So, you know, you just kind of have to take the little wins and keep going. Nice. Well, you said this is like 2007. So tell us from your perspective, what did the the world of romance publishing look like? for you like when what did it the world you were entering into what did it look like it looked a lot like paperbacks yeah but it was it was um self-publishing wasn't really a thing and if you did it was completely vanity publishing like it was that's that wasn't even sort of on the radar ebooks were just starting so like Alora's cave and, and some of those first publishers had just started um and it was just the Harlequin lines were really established and, and sort of, it was really the only place where there was a market for short, you know, 50,000 word romances. And of course, the market's much broader today, which which is quite different. So, yeah. What was it about Harlequin's romance line at the time that made it the perfect fit for the stories you wanted to tell? I think there's two parts to that. So <laughs> the first part is I had to develop my author voice. And I don't think I had developed that in really until probably my my fourth or fifth book it really started to uh, come together and then it was a matter of finding the right line to target and i was reading and of course i was reading cowboys which is you know but i was you have a lot of cowboy romances i did (laughs) honestly i sold a couple and then that was where they wanted to keep me because that was where my readership was growing so okay that that was fine we Um, love cowboys here (laughs) you can't go wrong yeah then I read Christmas Eve Marriage by Jessica Hart. And it was just the loveliest book. And I, I think I just had this feeling like it was heartwarming and it was a little bit angsty. And I just felt like this is where, this is kind of the tone of the books that I write. Like even if I'm writing cowboys and not, you know, <laughs> someone in England, which yeah. is very different. <laughs> um, but even if I'm not writing, you know, sort of the same thing, the, the tone it fit really well and and I was reading a lot of you know Trish Wiley and uh, Liz Fielding and I'm trying to think of who else was really um, those are probably the three Natasha Oakley was around at the time mm-hmm. Allie Blake Nick Marsh like that was all sort of sort of um, the heavy hitters in the line at the time and and uh, and Liz Fielding sort of took me under her wing and so did Trish and so that was a big help what amazing wings to be taken under right right <laughs> right and so so Liz actually still like she just amazes me and and I finally got to meet her in person a couple of years ago oh nice at a conference and we'd never met in person before and she's so tiny and I just like I felt like when I was hugging her she was just disappearing but but it's so lovely and she's so she's so savvy and she's a really good example of how authors who you know started a long time ago Mm -hmm. can learn tech and adjust and like she's just smart and I love her awesome so for anyone who has yet to read a Harlequin romance slash Mills and Boone true love or forever depending on where you are in the world how (laughs) would you describe the line to them I wrote this down (laughs) <laughs> you have to think about it right like because so much of it is um of course I'm not I'm not in marketing but so much of it is is tone and and the emotions that it elicits um so I would say um they're of course romantic they're glamorous but with heart they're escapist but they're also relatable so I find the heroines even if they're like I'm writing this airs to an empire series which mm-hmm. I mean they're all stinking rich but at the same time this is someone that you would love to go out and have a glass of wine with yeah you know and and just hang out um and so you know they have relatable troubles and conflicts you know they go through a lot of the same stuff that we have um but then you get that little bit of fantasy with with some of the more international and glamorous trappings one thing that i wanted to ask too was since you've been writing for the line since like 2007 how do you feel if at all how would you say the line has changed over time since you've been writing for it well it's funny Because every now and again, um, the editorial focus will shift a little bit in response to the market. Okay. So, you know, um, I know we were going to talk about American romance in a little bit. And and so one of the things there was I I went there because romance was um, changing their editorial focus and there weren't going to be any more cowboys. Or um, I think you'll find, too, like the Australian authors had a lot of outback stories. Yes. And uh, those have kind of gone by by the wayside as well. And um, 
Um, and so that was, that was why I ended up at American was because they were switching, um, that editorial focus. So they moved me somewhere else. Um, and so that happened, I think sometimes they'll, they'll go through a period where, you know, if, if, um, having babies and small children is not, you know, then they'll, they'll lean more toward the glamour than, Mm -hmm. than, you know, the family kind of stories and vice versa. If, if, you know, heartwarming sort of family stories are becoming a little more popular, then they'll shift the editorial and say, hey, how about? Um, so every now and then the guidelines get updated. But I think at, at its core, though, the emotional tone has remained the same. The same. Other than mm-hmm. um, we can now open the bedroom door a little bit. <laughs> Not too much. Not too much. Yeah. Yeah. But it used to be firmly closed. And, <laughs> and now it's like, oh, let's take a little peek inside. <laughs> You hear that creak, you know, yeah. that door just creaking. No, it's someone peeking in the door. Yeah. <laughs> so you talked a little bit about being shifted over to American Romance. And American Romance is where I found you. Because um, okay. I think I have all of your American Romance books. They are my favorite. So what was it like writing for that line? What about those stories? The stories themselves were very similar, but mm-hmm. I couldn't do my Canadian settings, which I had done with the Romance line. I was very, um, they were very happy to have me write um, ranchers and cowboys and Alberta and, and British Columbia. And, and so that was, it was really nice for me as a Canadian to be able to write stories set in Canada, which I couldn't do when I was writing for a line that is called American. American yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, so I did. I, and I focused more on, um, I think I did one in Texas because I was part of a continuity, but um, most of them were set, you know, Montana, which, you know, it's just across the border from Alberta. So I, I felt like it was familiar for me. Um, Cause like I, I did live in Alberta for 12 years and I'm a farm girl. So it, mm-hmm. those kind of, matched up all right so it was good I mean it was very much doing the same thing that I wanted to do I had a great editor um I was edited ironically out of Toronto for the American line (laughs) you couldn't set a story there but your editor um American was actually edited out of Toronto it was so weird I know I know and it was headed up by at the time Kathleen Scheibling and uh, my editor was uh Johanna Reisinen so um and that was fun I mean, I, I liked working with the Toronto office after working with London for so long. So it was a little change of pace and <laughs> it was all good. Yeah. A little closer to the same time zone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was only an hour difference as opposed to, you know, four hours. So That's another one of those like really beloved lines that I'm like, why did we close this line? I love I that one. <laughs> Um, we'll see, they tried to go as Western for a while, um, in, which is kind of funny because I had left the line at that point. And it was kind of funny because I was thinking, oh, Western, maybe I could have written. And then, and I don't know why. Uh, I mean, that was a, that's a decision that was made clearly above my pay grade. So, yeah. Yeah. so but, I mean, there's always, there's always, you know, data that goes behind that. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, they found room for a lot of Westerns in um, Love Inspired. Mm-hmm. And yeah. in, um, you'll see some of them in uh, Special Edition. Mm-hmm. And, and Heartwarming. And, the, heartwarming, and, the other, and heartwarming, heartwarming yeah. some of the other lines. So I think rather than having a dedicated line, you know, now it's just... They're still Figure out how to put it in to what we get. Yeah. 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 Heck, you can find Stetsons in Desire. Thank you, Brenda Jackson. That's right. <laughs> This past December, your title, Danger Next Door, released as part of Harlequin's love-inspired Cold Case series, which we were freaking out about. Uh, So can you talk about writing this book, where the inspiration for it came from, and how writing for the series happened? Um, So I just said I'd worked with um, Johanna in Toronto on the American line. And so April of 2020, so right after we really started going into lockdown and everything, and and I had just been laid off. I was working working at Indigo at the time as a bookseller, um, as well as writing. And I'd just been laid off because everything was in lockdown. And she just sent me an email sort of out of the blue saying, hey, you know, we're starting this um, sort of mini series, special special series within um, Love Inspired Suspense. Wondered if you'd be interested in running a story. And I was like, hmm, because I mean, it had never really occurred to me, right? And uh, so we talked about it. And I thought, you know, this could be kind of interesting. I hadn't written a suspense before. And I thought, you know, this could be 
really different and fun and give me something to you know stretch myself as a writer and and I know that that uh, that's a really good align with readers mm-hmm. so I thought that was that was good and and so we talked about it and that was I agreed to do it and then I don't even remember <laughs> where I got the inspiration for the story but I do know that the story itself was built on the first scene so the first scene has the heroine going out to uh, the crime scene where her daughter had been found uh, murdered several years before. And she goes out every year on the anniversary of uh, her daughter's death. And when she gets there, she finds her daughter's little stuffed rabbit nailed to the tree. And she freaks out, of course, yeah. um, because the rabbit went missing the same day that her daughter did and the rabbit had never been found. So so I knew that she was going to find this rabbit and it was going to make them reopen the case because they'd never found who killed her daughter. I mean, talk about intense. Right? <laughs> well, and it's funny because I, for years and years, I thought I can't do a story where children are in jeopardy or a child is murdered just because I had small kids. My kids are grown now. So I, that doesn't, I mean, it hits me in the heart, but it's not, it's not really hitting me exactly where I live in my biggest, biggest Mm -hmm. fears. So, so I was able to do that and, uh, and I wrote it and I did stretch as a writer and it was super fun. Um, I learned how to plot an external plot cause I'm a pantser. So I really <laughs> had to sit down and like plot out the suspense line a little bit and, and, uh, it was good. It was fun. Oh, wow. That's really interesting how writing for the different lines, the writing process itself has to look a little bit different. I never would have. Yeah. Yeah. I think if I'd written for, um, like even if I'd written just for uh, like special edition or anything that's similar to romance, I wouldn't have had to change my process. Mm-hmm. But the moment you add suspense, it changes everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a really good uh, it was a really good thing for me to do as a writer. So our newest book from you in the romance line is a proposal in Provence, which is book five in the Heirs to an Empire series. Will you share with us what that book is about? Sure. That series has been so fun to write, and I brainstormed it with. Um, sort of my my little um, we call ourselves the real sister wives there's five of us and we have a group chat and we've all been really good friends for a really long time so I went to I went to my girls and said okay I gotta come up with something glamorous and I think at the time Renee Ryan's in that group and I think at the time she was working for Chanel okay and uh, she said you know and I don't I don't know exactly how it came about but I'm like well what if it was a family business and it was all like fashion and cosmetics and and she was like sure So uh, the the um, it's a six book series, and I just the sixth book was just finalized like Thursday. <laughs> hey, we were wondering like, is there going to be another yeah. book? And, yeah. um, so it's, uh, the and there's also the the there's all, the patriarch has died, and he was also an earl. So the eldest son Stephen, um, of course, inherits the title and the estate. So you have this aristocracy thing going on but then his mother is also the head of aurora inc which is which is this conglomerate big company and all of the kids play a role within the company in a different division in some way so there's there's four kids and there's a cousin who um was in um, mistletoe kiss with the millionaire which was out in november um so that makes five and i'm like but it's a six book series (laughs) (laughs) so um a proposal in provence has um the former earl's love child yeah and no one has known that like Mm -hmm. none of the siblings has known that she even existed nice scandal (laughs) <laughs> he yeah, shows up and uh and just throws a little bit of a monkey wrench into everything and she's mm-hmm. she's actually really lovely and she has no um no bad intentions as far as the family goes but you can understand them being suspicious a little upset cautious. right yeah. <laughs> yeah and imagine what the press is going to do with it and so um so yeah that's uh that's this story and, and the person that's mostly on her side is her lovely boss Philippe who incidentally in my my head at least looks an awful lot like Matthew Good. Well, I mean, if you're gonna accident, if you're gonna like coincidentally look like somebody, then yeah, you know, <laughs> why not? He's um, yeah, yeah, no, he just works. <laughs> she says as she goes to watch Discovery of Witches later. <laughs> oh, Lord. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you have a and just wonderful long backlist. So let's talk some backlist titles. Sure. Is there a book in your backlist that made you laugh while writing it? <laughs> I generally make myself laugh a lot. <laughs> um, the trick is, <laughs> is anyone else going to laugh? <laughs> um, which, you know, that's a whole other thing because I can laugh at anything. <laughs> but there is a scene in um, The Heiress's Pregnancy Surprise, which is number two in this series, where Stephen is being a bit of a, a bit of a big brother, being a bit of a dinkus. And um, she, and, and he's sort of facing off with Jacob, who is her bodyguard. She makes a comment about like pistols at dawn, basically, and, and this whole archaic kind of big brother banging his chest kind of behavior. Mm-hmm. And I did kind of like writing that scene. It was a little bit fun. Yeah. The cover to that one just makes me so happy. <laughs> I love that cover. Isn't yeah. she gorgeous? She's gorgeous. I yeah. she had a copy of it with the, the cute yeah. haircut. Yeah, I love it. I know. Her hair's kind of swingy and she's just looking so lovely. Yeah. And <laughs> Don't you just want to be her? Yeah. yeah. It's like, it, it's almost like, some, like she's like walking, minding her own business and like kind of turns her head and like the ph- photographer just like snapped it perfectly. I just, and yeah. confident. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. yeah I, I love that cover uh what book in your backlist was the toughest to write <laughs> probably the one i just finished <laughs> actually you know what that's that's probably an answer that a lot of authors will give like the one i just finished is always my hardest one yep. um that's not true for me but i this one did require almost a complete rewrite really? i just did not nail it the first time and uh and it took me a long time to get it rewritten and so i think my editor was very happy when she read that <laughs> she was basically like it's a little long I've suggested a few places to cut otherwise we're good and I'm like oh thank god because I did probably rewrite two-thirds of that book oh my scratch, and then and then heavily revised what I was able to keep um so that was really hard and probably the hardest one since I wrote treasure on lilac lane no yes Treasure on Lilac Lane back in my Jewel Cove series that I did, I think, in 2014. So, but like St. Martin's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and that's now been reissued by moi. Okay. Um, so it's still out there. New covers and, and whatnot. But um, uh, yeah, that one, I remember sending it to my editor and she sent it back and she was like, so... <laughs> I think it might be best if we took this a hundred pages at a time and it's a 400 page book. And I'm like, all right. (laughs) So we did. And I, and I worked on the first hundred pages and I sent those in and she's like, okay. And there were a few little changes. And then you said, okay, for the next hundred pages. And I did the next hundred pages. And then by that time I had a pretty good handle on, you know, what had gone wrong and where things were going. So then I did the the last 200 all in one go and sent it. And I just had minor revisions after that. But that was a huge learning experience for me. It was they were it was difficult. And the funny thing is, with both of these books, I absolutely love how they turned out. But yeah, I think I think other than Lilac Lane, this last one, you know, really kind of put me to the test. Mm-hmm. 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 When you started it with so, I was just like, oh gosh, this so, is not how you yeah. want a conversation to start. <laughs> you know what? I will say, um, I've had really great editors in the UK. And then when, when I wrote that Jewel Cove series, I was at, you were right, I was at St. Martin's. And I had the best editor there for that series. Um, it was with Liz, um, Lizzie Petit at the time. And uh, she just had such a way of giving me the hardest <laughs> revisions or, you know, like really being like rough on me yeah but in a way that was so motivating that I never read an email and like wanted to like reach through the computer and like throat punch her or anything like yeah. she was just I always came away like feeling motivated that I could do it and and that it was going to be great and and that you know it was going to be work but it was going to be worth it like mm-hmm. she was really excellent at that so because I it think sounds it, like she, she knew like you can do this mm-hmm. yeah and she knew how to she knew how to communicate it too so which was really good because if she had if she had said we're going to take this 100 pages at a time because it's a hot mess and I'm not gonna lie <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not sure you're up to this like I would have just been like <laughs> so, so you know no she was she was always really motivating I love that about her yeah I kind of like it. that idea of taking it a hundred pages at a time right I'll tell you when I do revisions or edits my mantra to myself is one page at a time one page I only at have time. to fix one page at a time and it keeps you from being overwhelmed okay, and I think sure. she just did that because it was just going to be so overwhelming to look at it as, as a 400 page mm-hmm. entity yeah so we, broke, we broke it down <laughs> 
you may have already covered this, but is there a book in your backlist with a scene or a character that still comes across your mind? There's a couple. Okay. And, um, and in my Harlequin backlist, I mean, especially there's always special moments in books, but in there's two of my Harlequin backlist, um, in my Larch Valley series, which is, um, one was, uh, cow- it's I call it Cowboy's Heart now, I've reissued it, um, but it was her lone cowboy when it first came out. And there's, uh, he's an amputee, so he has a prosthetic. And there's a dance scene with the heroine. And the whole time I was writing it, I played The Blower's Daughter by Damien Rice on loop. Okay. <laughs> and then I was reaching for tissues as I got to the end of it. So <laughs> so that scene and then there's another one same same mini series, the Large Valley series. Um in uh it was how a cowboy stole her heart. Now it's Cowboy's Honor, but and the heroine is extremely vulnerable in a particular scene. I actually thought vulnerable enough that I thought my editor was going to ask me to take it out when okay. I sent it. It was one of those things that I wrote and I thought I'm going to write it and she asked me to take it out, I'll take it out, but mm-hmm. And she didn't say a word about it. Like, just wow. left it right in. Nice. But the hero responds in such a perfect way that, you know, I was just... And I got so much feedback on on that one. Um, and that was a bit of a risky a risky mm-hmm. book. So, And it finaled for a bunch of awards as well. So oh, nice. um, it must have been must have been all right. Way to go, you! <laughs> right? Yeah. So, you know what? My first, my first editor I ever had at Harlequin told me once when I asked about writing stuff that maybe pushed things a little too far. She said, we'd much rather you push limits and have to pull you back a little bit than not have you try. So I always kind of, that's how I approach things. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a book in your backlist that you feel readers uh, have reached out to you about the most? The, the one I just talked about, the How mm-hmm. a Cowboy Stole Her Heart, I got a lot from that. Um, but I got a lot from... Uh, it was another series I did for St. Martin's, the Darling Vermont series, which I've also reissued myself in the last year. Title stayed the same, though. It's Somebody Like You, okay. which is the first book in the series. And there is a secondary character named George, and he's a homeless veteran. And after the book came out, I got so many emails asking about George. Is mm. George okay? What's going on with George? Aww. I love that. Is George going to get his own story? <laughs> That kind of thing. So George did get his own story. So in in um, in that series, there's a Christmas book called Deck the Halls. It's got a little little flavor of It's a Wonderful Life kind of thing going on in mm-hmm. it. Um, and that's George's happy ever after. So oh, I love it. Yeah. The power of readers sending a quick right? email like, no, no, I love George. <laughs> What's like, going George on with George? <laughs> George was just one of those characters and I was like well damn and then when I started getting reader mail I'm like yeah this is gonna happen so yeah mm-hmm. yep. so for anyone new to your bibliography if you had to recommend one of your books as a starting point which one would you recommend probably the house on Blackberry Hill which okay. is the first book in my Jewel Cove series okay um I find that series is probably my biggest reader favorite of all my books um and if especially if people are fans of small town contemporary romance sort of like um now i'm going <laughs> i'm going to compare the content not the author to the following <laughs> okay <laughs> if you like because <laughs> i um but rayanne thane robin carr cheryl woods that sort of that sort of small town contemporary mm-hmm. Um, then that's that's sort of the tone and content that you can expect. Oh, we love all of them. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, we love all like, of them. Like I, when I moved into reading uh, contemporary romance, I when I started with Nora Roberts, I did um, the whole O'Brien McGregor's. It's the McGregor's. Thank you. The McGregor Thank you. Grooms yes. and the McGregor brides and the yeah the mm-hmm. McGregor's. Mm-hmm. So, which sorry, not Irish, Scottish. Um, <laughs> You know what we meant, listeners. You know what That's we okay. meant. Yeah, all good. Um, but anyway, but yes, I read all the McGregors and then I ended up reading the whole Chesapeake Shores mm-hmm. series um, with Cheryl Woods and then, you know, the Virgin River series. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the I guess the difference is this is set in Maine. So it's, you know, a little further north. But uh, yeah, I think that Jewel Cove series would be a good place to start. So at this point, you have published over 80 titles. Congratulations. Tell us about your writing process. Has it changed at all since you began your writing journey? Not really. 
<laughs> Sorry, not everyone can see me shaking my head right now. Just by the seat of her pants. <laughs> not really. Um, once a pants are always a pantser, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I do tend to write by the seat of my pants, but I mean, editors are kind of funny people in that they sometimes want to know what the story is about. Yeah. I do up a like a basic summary with mm-hmm. so I know the characters and their main conflicts and you know like the big plot points like what the story's about but as far as actually plotting out the book no like I'm lucky I, I do like maybe a one-page summary mm-hmm. once I had to do like a full like five-page synopsis with a partial and the whole thing and I'm just like you're killing me right now. <laughs> you're killing me. I did it. But then like nothing was the same because yeah. that's not how I work. But yeah. anyway. Um, but usually I sit down, like I get the, the basics down and I sit down and I type chapter one and then I get a hard return and I start. Yeah. And I'm a linear writer, so I don't bounce around either. I start at page one and go until okay. I'm done. And you go. Okay. Can you talk about when you're like, do you do anything beforehand with getting to know the characters? Because that's, I think that's one of my favorite thing about the romance line. You don't, like, you cannot forget the characters in in no, romance. No, it's a completely book. character-based story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, what are you? Do you do anything beforehand before you sit down to, to write page one? As far you, you know, this this her Sometimes. birthday, or she's the youngest child. Like, wh- what? How yes. are you getting to know them? So when I when I um, sent the proposal off to my editor, I did a six book series proposal. So basically, a paragraph or two about each book. So I had an idea of like who was in the family and. Um, what the main conflicts were, what, you know, what their issue was within the family kind of thing. Um, Like if you look at Bella, she'd been in the accident, so she had scarring. So I knew that that was going to play into hers a lot. And I knew with Stephen, he was left at the altar in book one. So I knew for the last book that, you know, he had to, I I saved him for last. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But Sometimes I do go through and I have uh, a character sheet that I use just to, and I don't often even refer back to it again. I just, um, I do it up initially. So I, I feel like they're grounded in my head. Okay. And then, and before I start, um, and that I got actually from uh, Kate Walker's 12 point guide to writing romance. Okay. Uh, I think most of, I think most of the questions um, that I think of for my characters come from that, um, that checklist that's actually within that book. Okay. So um, I've recently discovered Plotter, which is a program that you can go in and I guess use it sort of like you would Scrivener or um, or Vellum, I guess. And because um, I'm, I'm actually working on a story that's much bigger. So I can go in and add research. I can add character stuff. I can put in a timeline. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually doing a lot more prep for this book. Oh, good for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... So, and like a whole timeline with what happens when and, and plot points. And the thing is, I'm, I'm doing it with, and then giving myself a break and saying, if during the writing something doesn't work, then I change it. Yeah. Okay. Like I'm not married to it, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what the delete button's for and you can always change stuff. But yeah, so I, I'm, I'm actually doing a lot more pre-work for this story than I ever have ever, ever yeah. before. And it's not a romance. Really? Okay. Can we at least know... The genre? What genre it is? <laughs> Historical fiction. Yes. Yay. <laughs> Please tell me it's set in Nova Scotia. Please. <laughs> is it Nova it Scotia? It is. It's a world historical fiction. Oh, set here. Yes. That is Please. awesome. Yes, we need it. Yep. <laughs> I will read the hell out of that when it comes. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Can I pre-order it now? Yeah. <laughs> I will send you a copy. One <laughs> Okay, let's get into some roundout questions. Okay. What is the toughest piece of advice you've ever received? If you can quit, do it, which was from um, Paula Graves, who um, sadly died way too young. She used to write for um, Harlequin, and we were always on the Harlequin um, message boards together in a group called, they used to have a group called Subcare. I don't even think it's, it doesn't even exist in that iteration anymore. But you know, when you went in and, and, you know, you were constantly getting rejections and, you know, it was really wearing on you. Paula would say, you know, if you can quit, then do it. And it was like, okay. And then people would quit for like three days. And they're like, I can't quit. And she's like, exactly. But seriously, if you can quit, this is, this is a hard, it's a hard, uh, hard road to hoe. So, you know. You have to really like want to do it. Yeah. 
And if you can quit, then this might not be the road for you. For the rest of us, we're just suckers for punishment. (laughs) (laughs) But we love it. (laughs) What is one hill you will wholeheartedly die on? Integrity. Full stop. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Besides reading, what was one of your teen girl obsessions? <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> so um, short answer, music. Okay. Long answer. I was a total band geek, so I played several in- instruments, which was fine. So you could always find me in the music department. But I also dated a drummer. Love so it. I effectively became his roadie. Nice. Okay. Because <laughs> I had a car. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I did a fair bit of jamming where I would uh, do keyboards and vocals. So I was... You were living the life. Honestly, if I hadn't done my degree in English, I would have done it in music. But I was was honestly too scared to audition. Okay. I feel like I want that to be a YA novel title because I had a car. (laughs) (laughs) It's the answer to so many teenage questions. It really is. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Why did you guys sneak off and get a hotel room? Because I had a car. <laughs> Why is the driver's side door all smashed up? Because I had a car. And by the way, both of those things are autobiographical. So, yeah, right? I know the feeling. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know how my mother did it. Who was your teenage celebrity crush? Joe Elliott from Def Leppard. <laughs> I don't think we've had that one yet, Sarah. I even had the poster on the inside of my closet door because my mom wouldn't let me put thumbtacks in my wallpaper. (laughs) You gotta love those moms specifically. Oh my lord, right? (laughs) What is the first song on the soundtrack to your life? I had a really hard time because you did send me this in advance. I had a really hard time coming up with this because there's just so many. Um, And it really depends on the mood and you know, what era I'm in. (laughs) But but I will say, um, there's a Chopin Nocturne that I learned how to play when I was probably 14 or 15. And it still gets me every time that I play it. Although I don't play as often now, so I'm a bit more rusty. But it really, it took a long time and, and I learned it during a time in my life that was quite angsty because <laughs> I was a teenager and, and uh, there was a lot going on. Um, so that piece is probably still, it's still my go-to, mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, 40, 30, no, 30 years later, okay, 40. <laughs> 40 years later. Uh, what is one book you wish you could experience reading again for the first time? I also had a hard time with this one because I do reread, but I don't reread as often now. And like, then you have to really look at the experience you had while reading it. Mm -hmm. And would you, so it was really hard. That was a really hard question. (laughs) Um, and I, I was thinking about my liberal books, right? So like there's vows because it was the first one that I read and I thought, well, maybe that one. And then there's, um, like morning glory, which the first time I read it I didn't like it it was my least favorite of her books and now it's one of my favorites and I think I had to grow into it yeah okay and then there was years which anyway but I came up with then came heaven which is the one that I told you where the hero falls in love with the nun in the opening in the opening scene okay so I cried through the first third of the book Jeez. like ugly cried okay through the whole first third so we're wow. talking 120 pages or more. Mm-hmm. This The book opens with the hero's wife driving her car and getting hit by a train. Oh, come on, Laverle Spencer. And he, he, he finds out, mm-hmm. right? They go and get him. And then he has to tell their, and it's set in the 50s. Mm-hmm. He has to tell their two little girls mm-hmm. that oh, their mom is gone. <sighs> I can imagine why you would right? be crying. Yeah. And I had just had my oldest. Like AJ mm. was probably less than a year old at this point because we hadn't even bought our house yet. We were still renting. And so I had a brand new baby. And here I am reading about this mom. Mm. Anyway, I ugly cried. <laughs> so that's, and that's her final book. And she really pulled out all the she stuff. She went out with a bang. It's wow. beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful book. Okay. I do have years. Did you enjoy that one? Oh, it's one of my favorites. Okay. 
I haven't, it's like an old beat up library copy that I'm honestly afraid to read because I feel like it's going to fall apart. So I've read I'm... mine so often, they're all falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> but years, like, oh, Teddy and Linnea are just like, they're so good. <laughs> it's so good. She's just the spunkiest little thing, right? Like, yeah. Anyway. All I know is like she's a teacher. Has... She's like this 18-year-old teacher. And yeah, like... and he's like 34, mm-hmm. and his son is like 16, and so really would be more age-appropriate for her than Teddy yeah. would be, but that's not who she falls in love with. Yeah. He can't read. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. So good. So good. And I love how is have you have you read it? Or I haven't you- read it yet. I just I just I bought it a couple of years ago and it r- arrived and I was like, oh, this is pretty beat up. <laughs> but Girl, I- go do it. Okay. Do okay. not wait. As soon as we're done, go pick it up. Yeah. And it is it is available on audio, so maybe I'll just like sit back with a glass of wine and enjoy. Yeah. That's it. So yep. now you make me want to go get it again. <laughs> As Sarah always says. We aim to enable. We aim to enable here. (laughs) So knowing what you know now, what's one piece of advice you'd go back and give author Donna Alward back at the beginning of your writing career? I think I would say that um, your career is going to go up and then your career is probably going to tank. It did. (laughs) TLDR, it did. Um, And then it'll go up again. And then it'll probably, you'll probably struggle again, but keep going. You're going to be all right. And um, don't be a workaholic. Good luck with that. (laughs) because <laughs> i kind of am yeah. <laughs> ask my besties and they'd be like oh my god you keep saying you're going to like pair back on things but you thrive on it shut yeah. up so you know like good luck with that but i am trying a lot and i'm i'm succeeding a lot more in like i don't work at night generally anymore which mm-hmm. for a while i was working 12 14 hours a day wow. so now i'm i'm more like 4 30 rolls around and it's like too bad yeah. gotta wait till tomorrow so is there anything you're able to share about what's coming up after a proposal a proposal in provence i can talk right. <laughs> so like i said before the series opens up with um steven being left at the altar so i left his story for last Ooh. um if you've read any of the books um, in early on in the series, we all know that Stephen can be not so nice. Yeah, a bit much. <laughs> He's a bit of an ogre. <laughs> can be a little a bit of a scroogey, and you know, he's just unhappy. Yeah. Right. But I so, think readers have been waiting for his him to have a book. Right. And so I've softened him a little bit as we go along. So it's not like this jarring, all of a sudden he's lovely kind of thing, yeah. right? Like he's he's aware that, you know, he hasn't always been the nicest. But then you get to see in this book, I think, some of his inner struggles and why he's not so nice and some of the inner wounds that he's got that that have manifested in him being a jerk. So he's um, he goes home to the manor house and finds his childhood friend, um, who is the housekeeper's daughter, um, at the house. And they haven't seen each other since he left to go to um, boarding school when he was... 13. So she's, uh, she's there and um, she has her own issues that make him not the kind of man that she'd like to be with, um, which is kind of funny because you think, oh, you know, he's an earl and he's rich and he's handsome. <laughs> but those are all things, well, the handsome part is okay, but the uh, the title and, and the wealth is something that she has absolutely no interest in. So that works actually against him yeah. in this story. Um, so he sees he sees her again and uh, gets his happy ever after. It really was, um, I think the first time I wrote it, I wasn't really true to who Stephen had been throughout the series. Um, and so then when my editor came back and went, well, <laughs> um, that's her version of so. <laughs> but we when, love editors. <laughs> right? But, um, but when that happened, it was like, okay, I need to go back and, and, you know, basically I had ended up changing most of the premise on, uh, on his growth arc behind his growth arc. So, um, I like it much better now. And, uh, she was right as usual. (laughs) Dang on editors. (laughs) When is that one coming out? That's in August. August. Any plans on doing any more love inspired? I don't don't know if they're doing, is the cold case series, are we getting any more of that? Yes, we are. I mean, okay. you are. You are. Um, not from me okay. <laughs> that, I, that I know of. There's no plans for that for me okay. at the moment. 
Okay. Um, but I do know that there are some, um, that that miniseries is continuing on. Shirley Jump is going to have a couple in that series. Oh, nice. So you can look for her. I think she's got one coming in uh, July or August, maybe. Um, and she's doing, I think, a few more for them. That that miniseries is continuing on. The cold case stuff is just so fun. I'm, mm. I'm loving this. It's so popular. Yeah. And that we're having. Neat, the neat thing about that book was that I was able to go back to one of my uh, series I did for the romance line and that was Cadence Creek. And I put it in that setting. Yeah. Oh, cool. That is so awesome. cool. Yeah. That was kind of that was kind of a fun thing. So I, I messaged my editor and I'm like, so can I do this? And she was like, sure, why not? Here's the great thing about my editors at this point. Most of the time I can go to them and say, hey, can I do this? Yeah. And unless it's something they really don't want, they'll be like, sure, go for it. That's awesome. so cool. Yeah, it's kind of nice. Well, lastly, where could everyone follow you online? Here's the 411. <laughs> Does anyone even say that anymore? Um, so. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, I'm at DonnaAlward.com. You can also get me on um, Twitter and Instagram at, at DonnaAlward. Okay. Mm-hmm. On Facebook, I'm at Donna Allward Author. There's an author at the end of it. Okay. And then I'm also, um, I'm part of a group called Step Into the Story, which um, I'm, I'm in it with Renee Ryan and Barb Wallace, mm-hmm. um, two of my besties. It's very heavily focused on historical fiction, um, okay. sometimes with some some women's fic thrown in. Um, and so you'll find a lot of history stuff over there. Uh, we do a, a monthly broadcast, video broadcast um, with a deep dive into a book. So so in March, we're doing the, um, the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Oh, nice. We just did The Last Dance of the Debutante with, um, oh, wow. by Julia Kelly. Okay. We just had that uh, happen not long ago. So yeah, that's, I'm over at Step Into the Story quite often. And, and uh, that's a fun, fun time. So as I'm sort of writing my historical, I'm, and honestly, I got to say historical fiction has always been one of my favorite genres to read. So it feels very natural mm-hmm. for me to be there. Mm-hmm. Have you ever read, she's a Canadian author. Have you read Susanna Kearsley? Yes. Yes. The Vanished Days. Yes. Yeah. Oh. She's lovely, by the way. You've met her. Yeah. Oh my God. yeah she was my gateway drug into historical fiction and i was like take all my money i want all the historical fiction um, (laughs) jennifer robson's another one she's yes yes um and um uh alicia cornwall and uh, Genevieve Graham is actually here in Halifax she's coming out in april and there's some good canadian um there is fiction writers. Jen mm-hmm. Robson is an auto buy for me. Doesn't matter oh, yeah. what she writes, I'll buy it. I just I read her one. I read one of hers for the first time late last year. And now I'm like, I want all of your backlist. You know, <laughs> which one did you read? Did you read the gown, or did the, you read the, her darkest night? Her newest one, the one that uh, the Italian, the darkest night. Yes, God, that was good. Yeah. yeah. That was good. And I, I've read all of her backlist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the gown is probably my favorite of hers. That's, that's on my list to get to sooner I rather than it. later. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So we could just talk books all day. I know. <laughs> right? My people. Oh, my people. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for mm-hmm. sharing your time with us and hanging out with us today. We have just been so excited. We love the romance line. So anytime we can talk romance, we're just so excited. So thank you so much. Listeners, make sure you check the show notes. We'll have links yes. to all the places where you can keep up with the one and only Donna Alward. Also where you can get her books. So make sure you mm-hmm. check the show notes. All of that will be listed below. And Sarah and I will chat with you in our next episode. Have a lovely day, everybody. 